0: you fast right away? Like, is it the equivalent of, like, you step on a court and do a 360 dunk? Like, were you like, holy shit, I'm fast? <laughs>
1: From the time I came out in high school, that first time I ran, like, organized track, at the end of high school I went pro, and the next year I was in the Olympics. So it Come all happened. <laughs> the high
2: school, in the <laughs> <laughs> Three months later, I was in Athens yeah. winning gold medals. Right?
3: <laughs> on this episode of The Shop Uninterrupted, Maverick Carter and Paul Rivera are joined by... Tiana
4: Taylor.
5: I think success is actually the the greatest revenge. I think success and grace
1: is the greatest revenge. You know, for me, it's grace over grudges all the time.
4: Allison Felix.
1: Yeah, I went through kind of a a really dark period. Basically, um, even before I got pregnant, I was offered 70% less than what I had been previously making.
3: Tabitha Brown. You know,
1: in the last five or six years,
6: uh, coming from a dark space of being sick. I had to really get to a place where I said, you know what, God, if you heal me, you can have me.
3: Bobby Hundreds. We're celebrating our 20th year, which is wild, because it
4: seems like we just started it two years ago. <laughs> and Babyface. I write all the time, at least a couple times a week um, in the studio to doing it. I don't do it as much as I used to. Check it out.
2: Thank you for coming on. You guys are all amazing people and legends, but we have to give it up to a legend who is here with us, yeah. Mr. Babyface, who defined yes. yeah. how we live, how we think, what we listen to. Thank you, Thank you for yeah, showing Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I told Face, I saw him over there bobbing his head and I'm like, he's probably writing a hit. Face, how do you write still?
4: I write all the time, at least a couple times a week um, in the studio doing it. I don't do it as much as I used to, but but you
2: do you do go in the studio
4: if okay. I'm here and if I don't have other things to do then I go daily. What instruments you play? Play guitar and, and keyboards.
2: Guitar, keyboards, right, and then of course you sing. You've done it all in music. Was that always the goal from the beginning to do no
4: nah. I, I I was just want, just wanted to play guitar and write songs. That was really it just wanted I got a crush on a girl and wanted to write a song. <laughs> it always, <laughs> always starts that way. Girl, I was actually
2: told a funny story. Uh-huh. By Jimmy Iveen, who said he was, in the, he was uh, the engineer for, oh, yeah. for John Lennon. You know the story. Yeah, yeah. And he says, Lennon, John Lennon asked him, Jimmy, why do you do this? <laughs> and he says, it's, you know, it's fucking John Lennon. So I'm going to be, you know, because I love the music and because, uh, <laughs> I love the, the way the drums and the music and when it's harmonized and da, da, da It's just amazing. It gives him this very technical answer. And he goes, So John, why do you do this? And John Lennon goes, to get girls. <laughs>
4: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's the way. And did you teach yourself guitar? I taught myself about, She didn't like the song. No. Nah, so I, she regretted now. No, nah, I, yes. I just wasn't the one. I just wasn't the
5: one. So she probably sitting around somewhere tight. Like <laughs> <laughs> You probably like, damn.
3: That's how you know that women are the more powerful gender. For sure. You would never hear the stories the other way around. It's always, we do all this to impress a girl, and try and we never get them. But the women are just like, we're just doing our thing. I'm we're still here.
2: trying to impress that girl. Absolutely. I am seventh grade girl walking i I still wanting to impress Absolutely. her. And by the way, but didn't that launch your career? That's
6: what I was about to
5: say. That's what I'm saying. She probably said
6: that
2: like, girl. damn. By the way, is revenge a great way to launch something in success? Is that the I best success? success
5: is the, actually the, the greatest revenge. I think success and grace. Yeah. Is the greatest revenge. You know, for me, it's grace over grudges all the time. So to Bar- just like do everything you love uh, successfully and uh, with grace, I mean, that's why I said she probably be sitting around somewhere tight, like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, right, like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he
6: want to talk now.
5: Right. You know, babyface, <laughs> go and give me a call. Right,
4: right.
2: Because to your point, we're all human. Like, when somebody does something to us, you definitely. Want to get them back, right? Oh, yeah. You and like, that, success, I agree with you. Success is like just gracefully don't engage and just go crush it. And that's, that's the best way.
6: Grace means you have no desire to get them back. Really? That's, that's well, true. Yeah, No, 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 but we're, well, we're not going right. well,
5: way literal grace. I'm yeah. saying 30% <laughs> say it grace. Right. You
6: yes. know, about
5: yeah. like 80% grace, you know, just. Or maybe still 100% grace, just without the. I don't think it's about getting back. It's just oh, you're successfully, you know. I'm still gonna look at you and smile because you know what you did. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah so yeah. it's not really like I'm trying to get back. <laughs> yeah, but I do feel like the greatest revenge is you know success, but doing it gracefully. Some yeah. people get successful and be like, yeah, remember me? Remember when you was exactly. like, exactly, exactly. That's, that's, what I'm not saying. that's not graceful. Yeah. We exactly. saw that
2: with um, Michael B. Jordan was on the red carpet, and there was a woman interviewing him for Creed on the red carpet. And I think she went to high school with him. Correct. Mm-hmm. And he said like, a version of what, uh, like what you just said. He basically said to her, re- I think he said, Remember? Yeah, but she's just, remember. she's
0: just doing her job in an interview. She's again. doing her job. Yeah. She asked him it's a, a question. question. She
2: goes, Remember y'all called me corny? Yeah. Corny. Remember that the cor- corny? I'm the corny, corny kid. Remember like, me? No, I'm the corny no, no.
0: She was like, No, no, no. He goes, Yeah. He doubled up. He goes, Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he goes, No, yes. it was you. Yeah, 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 it was you. I remember.
2: But so I agree with you. I don't mean to Tiana's point, like getting them back, like, Literally, I got to go yeah, punch them the back. Yeah. You Got to give them back. I'm just going to go do my thing, yeah. and I know they will see it and feel That's it. what
5: I'm saying. I know you see it. Like, everybody yeah. see you. <laughs> look I'm at how you can tell. Talk. How you been? How's everything? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they hit you with the, I'm so proud of you. That's like, called killing that. them with kindness. I'm kind. so proud By of you. Way. So it's like, not like, yeah. like an intention. By the way, he
2: knows yeah. that's yeah. one of my pet peeves, was I'm 41 years old, and somebody going to me like, you know, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, I'm not six. like...
5: I love that though. I love the cheerleading. You, know? you, you proud, you proud. I think that's a great thing, might, yeah. no matter what age, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. honestly, sometimes you get, you know, so high up that people are more so complaining about, oh, you two this, you two yep. this. Like, you got time. You got... And there's nobody really taking out the time but Like yeah, like, I don't know if anybody told you today, but I'm like really proud of you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people still need that. I still need it. Absolutely. I, I love that because I love to cheer other people on. So, I could never really feel too old to accept the Proud of you. You know Agreed. what I'm saying?
4: It's, it's, like, it's kind of better that job. way because there's so much hate on on everybody. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's That's right. You're so getting everything else you could be doing. Is,
5: yeah.
2: is so, so, Tabitha, you obviously had grace with Wendy Williams. I did. Do you, Does everybody know what happened with that no, one? Tell us a I bit about
6: it. The These kids are jogging <laughs> 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 I'm just going to my wife. was happening? Honestly, I was working
2: early in the morning
6: in my office, right? And my phone was buzzing and people were texting me like, Wendy, Williams is talking about you on the show? I was like, oh my Lord, I didn't know Wendy knew me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me see. And I was like, oh. I Had made an announcement, I was retiring my husband. And so she didn't know who I was. I'll take that.
1: Right? <laughs> I so all day.
6: She said what she felt about it. Um, and I just, really didn't care. I was like, oh, cause people say stuff about me all the time. So I put my phone back down. But in that moment, I went back to work and then God was like, I need you to give What her did grace. she say
2: again, exactly?
6: I don't even remember the exact words, but it was just pretty much, she was saying that my husband was gonna do me wrong just like her husband did. Uh, Got it. And so she was projecting. Yes. Yeah. And so in that moment, God was like, give her grace in this moment. And so I just did a video and just said, you know, first of all, I, I can only imagine that the pain that she must be in mm-hmm. to wish right. ill yes, will because that's usually what that is. it's not about like you. It's it her sound pain. Like,
5: yeah, she was dissing you. It's more like you know talking through her own. It was pain, so it was like, projected. For yeah. your point, it's like you ain't got a group. All of us in that, like, exactly. your experience don't have nothing to do with mine. And right, you get what I'm saying. So, and so
4: really that so was
5: degraded. that was really that was really it. And
6: then I just prayed for her. Um, I mean, you're right,
4: it didn't really have anything to do with you. Exactly. Yeah, it was she all was her. And was going to happen to her, too. And yeah, like, exactly. Exactly.
6: Yeah. And yeah. so my yeah. thing was, everybody thought I was, like, gave her this, like, shady read. They was like, oh, she cursed out without curse <laughs> words. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> you be doing these reads with a smile on your face. But
5: obviously honestly, witty one, be you doing but you be doing, you be, you be doing I them. I be giving the grace,
0: okay? <laughs> the grace, there <laughs> you
6: it is. Away.
0: Away. <laughs> there it is.
6: But the reason I think people were sharing it and had so much to say about it is because nobody had ever given Wendy grace. Everybody would always Oh, it tough back.
2: on her, yeah. It was oh. always the
6: get back spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. But Tabitha, where's, where's that come from for you? Like, we can look back at it and think about it with that grace, but in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Like our first reaction as humans sometimes is to be like, oh, I'm going to show you, yeah, right? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. where's, that, where's that come from for you? Like,
6: For me, I mean, I, I feel like it's just the work that I've been doing as I've been healing, right, on my mm-hmm. own journey you know, in the last five or six years, uh, coming from a dark space of being sick, I had to really get to a place where I said, you know what, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And I meant it. And that was almost six years ago. And in that, in, in saying that, something changed inside of me. And I no longer wanted to be in charge of me. I wanted to be who he created me to be. Surrender. And I completely, Surrendered, mm-hmm. submitted myself to him. That doesn't mean that I'm not triggered, right? Yeah. But when something happens, <laughs> I'll get triggered, <straight. laughs> right? We all because you're human. Yeah, because right. I'm human and I'm on a healing journey. Healing is not permanent because you can still get triggered. And so I can feel something, but because I'm on a journey, I know I need to take a minute. I'll know if I'm triggered by something. I'll be like, wait a minute, Tab, you you about to react in a way that you shouldn't react? <laughs> yeah. You do not work too hard on this, yeah. right? And so I just take a moment. Anytime we react out of emotion, it's most time not the right reaction. Yeah. You ain't processed so take a, yet. So
4: take a moment. So yeah, so
6: I just take time with it. Did you and
4: ever talk to Wendy? I've never okay. talked to her, so, but so, I pray for her every day since. I
5: think that would be a great conversation because sometimes also just seeing, like if you could look at her and say, okay, I can only imagine the pain you're going through. I think that the, the best of the grace is probably even reaching out and whatever way you can in whatever way you can you know because at the end of the day it's like you just never know who's who's crying out for help absolutely
6: i would love to embrace her and show her yeah. love and grace in person so. um,
3: well look at our special guest
2: today
0: <laughs> <laughs> i take come no, no, out no. oh,
6: <laughs> oh, by the
2: way i was as an athlete though getting back is a part of the thing, like yeah. especially in your oh, yeah, sport, your athletes
1: is that's different. Yeah, right petty petty <laughs> as fuck. <well>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love when somebody tells me I can't do something, or if somebody Or you, you race for a living, me.
2: like like if Jane Doe beats you, like the next race, I'm getting her back, right? <laughs> right. You need that. Yes, right?
1: I think you do, and sometimes I think you build it into, you know, maybe something happened and it's not that big, but you make it bigger because you need that. Like you yeah. feed off of it. Mm. So for me, it definitely motivates me and drives me, and you know, to reach a new. Height that I didn't even know, and then it's like, okay, I'm grateful that this happened. But, you're but so y'all quiet. know you, you probably
5: look back and smirk at that same girl.
2: You
1: know what yeah. yeah. You're so quiet and beautiful graceful. and
3: graceful. The walk-off. But did
2: you ever end up on the track, or was there ever a competitor that you ended up like y'all had some words out there? Because you're competing. It's kind of it's it's. Yeah. I know it's in there. I, I,
1: I, I usually keep it pretty cute. Yeah, but, you uh, ran with a yeah, 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 you yeah, went, yeah.
2: She kicked everybody's ass with a smile for sure. You know,
1: yeah, but I mean, it's, I think it's healthy. Like for you know, sure, <laughs> it's, it's a part of it, and it's a competitive sport. You know, you're going up against people, and um, it's just yeah.
4: At what age? When you when did you start running?
1: Um, I didn't start running till high school.
4: Really, that's late, yeah. right? That's, that's late, late for a, yeah. yeah. A wow, different. really? So you didn't know at the, when you.
1: I knew I was athletic, like I was always, I have an older brother and I was always just trying to keep up with him. Um, Basketball was actually my first love, but it was like very apparent that I wasn't gonna be it. (laughs) 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 So it made my way to track, I kind of stumbled into it. I actually um, went out for the team to meet people and find friends and then I had a great coach early on who, you know, spent the time invested in me. And Mm -hmm. you
0: were you fast right away? Like, is it the equivalent of like, you step on a court and do a three sixty dunk, like were you like, holy shit, I'm fast?
1: <laughs> I mean, from the time I came out in high school, that first time I ran like organized track. At the end of high school, I went pro, and the next year I was in the Olympics. So
0: it Come all on at all end in high school. I
1: went <laughs> <track>. Hey, <laughs>
0: you're like, so, when did
2: you know? She's like, that's
0: time I stepped on the
2: track. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, when I was lacing my spikes up for that first She's like, meet. Not only me, She's everyone like, knew. Right. Three <laughs> months later, <laughs> <laughs> I was in yeah. Athens yeah. winning gold medals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The
4: question is, did you know? Right. From the get-go? Bet you were that good. Did you know it? And did you did love it? I did, I
1: did not know. And did you love it? I, I, and I don't. From the beginning, I don't think I was deeply in love with it. I, yeah. I was like, okay, here's a way to get to college. You know, yeah, here's yeah. a way to travel. Mm. Um, I saw it as like my way out. Survival. Yeah. 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 And then it was like, I didn't even know. I didn't grow up like watching the Olympics or anything. right? right. So I didn't wow. know this could be like a career path. So wow. when people started telling nice. me that yeah. and they started talking about shoe deals and stuff, I was like, oh. <laughs> OK. All right. <laughs> Can I, I say continue? what now?
0: <laughs> well, you bring, you bring up an interesting point, talking about shoe deals. Yeah. You've challenged Nike, and, and keep me honest here when you were pregnant, I think there was a situation with Nike on maternity leave.
1: Yeah, I went through kind of a a really dark period. Basically, um, even before I got pregnant, I was offered 70% less than what I had been previously making. Mm. And there was a lot of fear even in starting a family because what I had seen in my sport was uh, women's contracts being paused, I saw, Them hiding pregnancies. uh, So when you say contracts
0: being paused, someone gets pregnant and your sponsorship is wow. Yeah. Because you can't compete. Yeah. Wow, okay. And you said
5: hiding the pregnancy
1: too. Wow. Yeah, so women were hiding pregnancies and so when I found myself in that situation, I kind of felt like, well, I think I've accomplished enough. Like at that point, I had been to four Olympics. I was a six time Olympic champion. I was like, I think I'm safe, like I'm good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'm me. (laughs) That's the point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. But I
1: found myself in a very similar situation and instead of like the financial fight, I turned my fight towards asking for maternal protections. And basically the way that track and field contracts work is that they're performance based. So you go to the Olympics, you get a medal, you get a bonus. Um, You don't, you get a reduction. So if you become pregnant, there's nothing in place to protect you. So I was essentially just asking um, for that. And I was actually told that I could have time for that, that um, that would be fine. But when the contract came back, there was no legal wording to tie it to pregnancy. And so that meant that it wouldn't set that precedent like I would be okay, but all the other women that yeah. I had seen, yeah. For years. yeah, which is
2: a big That's deal. The you won that one one pro- right there, exactly. Yeah,
1: I was terrified. You know, it's Nike. Like, of course. And, and I, we had a great relationship. I was. You've been with them low, forever. Yeah, almost a decade at that point. Wow. Um, so it was really scary. But you know, I came forward, I left over that. But um, they changed the policy after the op-ed came out. It was about the two change. weeks later, and now yeah. they offer 18 months of protection. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. That's amazing.
2: And now, by the way, we were talking earlier, you're retired. I'm retired. When spring and track season comes around, you can you feel your body like. It's so
1: weird. It, like, it's. <laughs> you literally feel it
2: like <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to be somewhere. Like. I keep
1: feeling like. I gotta be ready, like, 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 nobody's gonna wanna race me, like, I need to be, like, in full training mode, so I'm still, like, navigating that, like, it's a very strange space to be in, I'm trying to figure it out, but I always heard people say, like, it's really hard, you know, retiring and pivoting to your next thing, and it is really hard. And can you turn that
0: off, or, like, are you, like, in the hotel gym? You Working see me up on the treadmill, and you're like, beep,
1: beep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm still getting it in. Yeah. I love it. Gotta be I ready it. for that race. I <laughs> love love it. It. Yeah. I love that. Because in the back
6: of her head, somebody want to try her. Yeah. 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 Stay ready, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta
2: stay ready. Face, will you ever retire? You always make music.
4: Yeah. I, what, why?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know,
4: it's, it's, it's the one thing that, you know, it's life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what I love. and 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 i don't see unless you have to stop you know and i don't see any reason having to stop you know i've been fortunate and blessed enough to be able to work with you know younger artists and and just every every artist from every genre so it's a little i've been blessed enough to i've been able to do that
2: and you love the the younger artists that you work with now that a lot different than what you guys were doing in the 90s right
4: a little different in the sense that you know i used to write all the words and write everything and today you know you can't write the words for me. Say no, no, I ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it that way. <laughs> and, uh, so, and and it's it's actually fun to, to write with everyone and to, and to get their sense of things because things are different. People they talk different, they say things different. Meanings are the same. It's still everybody still gets their heart broken, still falls in love. Mm-hmm. It's a different it's a different feeling. You've spoken about
0: heartbreak. Um, I'm curious to know your point of view on, do you think
4: artists make their best work through pain or heartbreak? Not all, but I mean, I, that's what I thrived on. Okay. You thrived on it? I he didn't even I... get his girl He <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> started his whole
5: career. Right. Like, his whole career is made so heartbreak.
0: Yeah. His <laughs> so fucking You're right. He still right. didn't even get the
4: girl. Again. No, but I thrived on heartbreak. I thrived on, on pain that, were, mm. that was in voices. And when I first heard Toni Braxton, the pain that was in her voice, Mary J, the pain that she had, that's like, yeah. that, that gets me excited. I was like, ooh, I can write for that. <laughs> uh, but through, through the pain and through the heartbreak, then there comes the, the other side of it. Then you do find love and that feeling. And so a lot of times when I would write songs, I, I'd remember that pain that I felt as a kid and from seventh and eighth grade. And i go to that place. Because it's so passionate, then you feel that stronger than any time in your life. Yeah, you know, and that's what I would use, you know, when I'm writing a song.
2: And, and your new the movie deals with a lot of pain—the mother and the child. How do you get, as an as an actor, how do you get yourself? Because you could be having a lovely day, but then you show up on set and you have to convey pain. How did you do that in the new movie?
5: I mean, I just went back to what I was literally dealing with at that moment. You know, I was six months postpartum. So I was dealing with postpartum depression um, and then just being back at home, like being back in my hood, you know, um, performing in Harlem and shit, like I lost a lot of friends and family. So I was going to funerals during my lunch breaks.
4: You know what I'm saying? So
5: Tuesday I was at this funeral, Friday I'm at this funeral. So it was just like, I had to take everything I was going through and kind of like put it into Inez, my character. Um, the hardest part was going home and flipping the switch and just being super mom, you know what I'm saying? Cause I had an outlet, I finally had an outlet to be able to have my moment of weakness and just kind of break down, scream, yell, cry. So it was really easy to-, to It's almost
2: therapeutic?
5: Yeah, in a way, because I mean, you know, having a newborn, it's never any, real time for you, you know? To think, to cry, to th- everything's about the baby because you're already panicking. And even mm-hmm. though you already got a kid, when you have a newborn, it just still feels different. Mm-hmm. You know, like my yeah. oldest was six when I had, you know, my youngest, so I'm like, I don't remember after.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is she okay? <laughs> you
5: just pamper. oh my God, you know what I'm saying? So you so occupied in just being mom and being a superhero all the time. You don't got time to think, cry, feel, or anything, you know? So I think that it was like, yeah, it was therapeutic to be able to go on set and be weak.
0: You remind me a lot of like, the female version of like Jamie Foxx. Like, you're mm-hmm. so talented, right? Like, no one could fuck with you on the dancing thing. Style, I mean, look at you. Style-wise, like you have all these things that you're super ill at. Do you feel because you're great at so many things that you maybe don't get credit for any one thing as much as you should?
5: Honestly, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, people just, you know, sometimes it takes that one thing to make people like finally wake up, with, in, without pressing snooze, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when our alarm go off, we hit that snooze six times every five minutes. That shit coming back up. You feel what I'm saying? But I think like even moments like this with the movie, I think this is like the moment to open up everybody's eyes and go back to doing all the other things that I love. Because in my time, I looked at it like, okay, this weight is just punishment. Like, God, what's going on? What's happening? Not realizing that the weight wasn't punishment; it was
2: preparation. And Bobby, you obviously with The Hundreds, which is one of the most legendary streetwear brands ever. Yours is all about community. Like, Mm -hmm. how have you created that community, kept it together, and and they're so loyal to everything Mm -hmm. that you do? And how long has The Hundreds been around, by the way?
3: We're celebrating our 20th year. Wow. wow. Which is wild, because it seems like we just started it two years ago. (laughs) I still feel like it was my, my partner, my friend Ben and I sitting in our apartment just drawing sketches on t-shirts and writing stories. What about was the him. inspiration? What was like driving you to that? Honestly, it was just, I wanted to be heard. I felt mm. like I was excluded from every conversation. Nobody wanted to hear anything I had to say my entire mm. life. I was a middle child. I grew up being a, a brown person in a predominantly white neighborhood. There was definitely no Asian Americans in the vicinity. And I was just drawn to these marginal subcultures, these fringe interests like skateboarding. and. Hardcore music and punk and backpack rap and graffiti. And there was no place for it in mainstream culture. So I'm watching film, listening to music, and nobody's speaking my language. And then it came to a point where I was like, man, I I just feel left out. I don't have my own community. But if I build a brand, I can create my own world. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I champion when I talk about entrepreneurialism and I'm inspiring young people to build brands or start off their careers. I'm like, if you don't see a place for yourself in the world, make one. And Absolutely. then you can create a home for others to be welcome, to be included in, and it becomes a really beautiful, remarkable experience for everybody. That's and then right. it inspires them to do the same, mm. you know? And so everybody but, wins.
2: But are you okay with, as you said, you, your inspiration came from being a part of these subcultures, right? Whether it was mm-hmm. skating, streetwear, and now those sub, because what happens, right? Those subs become, skating became this thing that a guy like me, who's never been on a skateboard in my life, but I wear skateboard shoes and I like skateboard culture. So skateboarding becomes this thing that, oh, big institutions, whether it be an art gallery, a company, Mm -hmm. see these subs and start using these subs to grow their business. Are you okay, do you like that? Because then the sub is no longer the sub. I think the tension is important. It's a bit like hip hop, right? Hip hop started as this sub Absolutely. And then it became, that yeah, was the biggest genre in the world. I think
3: there needs to be this exchange. You know, skateboarding is a great example because if it had stayed the subculture that it was, it would have been this really great secret cool guy club, secret handshake mm-hmm. club in the background that no one would have been aware of.
2: Well, hip hop also took it too. Yeah, because right? I remember the, my first exposure to skateboard culture was through Pharrell. Actually. Absolutely, like, yes, P yeah, and his mm-hmm. style. I never fathomed P was a skateboarder. It mm-hmm. was called Skateboard P, right in his. And then wayne and the nike mm-hmm. and the Bape came so yeah but yes to your point you know,
5: but now big designers are coming too my yeah, only sure. issue with the big designers with the skate shoes i used to skate i was also signing for real as well um is like that i feel like the skaters are excluded mm-hmm. that's, you know no, that's my like, question is that a- okay you yeah, go you're gonna have this- some like high designer like dior skater like let me see somebody on a skateboard yes. doing a kick in the campaign you know what i'm saying but honestly it's become um, a a, a a blueprint for a lot of like big designers that are making the skate show. right? And I don't really see a lot of skateboarders around. And then I ain't going to i out wear a few because they should be fire. <laughs> you know, I'm keeping it a the beam, but of course in my head I'm like I'm DCs, I'm etnies, I'm you feel me like yeah. the original boys like yes. you know what I'm saying Soho kid like yeah. I know all about it. So it's like to see a big designer do it. I'm like, oh, this looks yeah. exactly like- You know, something.
3: one of my favorite movies was Rocky. And if you think about what that movie was about, it was about the champion, Apollo Creed, and Rocky, who was a no-name, off-the-street, underground boxer. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. Apollo realizes that he's losing touch with the streets. He's mm-hmm. had, there's a disconnect from culture. And the people are kind of looking at him as you're now becoming the villain. And so he starts looking around the streets, saying, who's someone of the people that I can challenge and be welcomed back into the community? And meanwhile, Rocky's like, I just need a shot. Get me on the main stage Mm -hmm. so that I can get notoriety. People need to see how I box. And so they needed each other and it's a dance, right? And And they
2: became friends through that tension. And
3: they become friends and then you get a a remarkable film franchise out of it (laughs) that continues to the same. (laughs) It never hurts by the way, the franchise, yeah. But where the problem becomes, and I think this is to your point, is if there's a disparity and an imbalance mm-hmm. where the corporation is now leading the dance or starting to step all over your partner's toes, and that happens
2: much too often. So, so have you had big companies come to you to buy hundreds of partners? Absolutely, yes. And you've, that you've turned down? What, is the, that, what are yes. those conversations like?
3: Uh, they're really flattering at first, <laughs> yeah. and I talk about it in my, in my memoir, in my book, but it's uh, like, you know, we have like everyone from Tommy Hilfiger court us for months and years, and to Echo and all these guys looking into the business, and it is really flat flattering, you know, when you build a business out of nothing, materialize something out of scratch, and then all of a sudden your heroes are coming and trying to offer <laughs> you money for it. But at the end of the, you know, look, money is great, but at the end of the day, I still would just be doing what I do every day. So even if someone paid me $200 million, which nobody's offering me that, but if you are, <laughs> maybe I'll, you know, I'll, maybe I'll entertain. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you give me $100 million, I probably would spend it on a yacht or something, but I'd still be at work. I just want to, play. I'm like you, I'm an artist and I just want to make stuff and see people wear it and bring people together through the product. And, I'm f- I'm very but happy. But you've also, with that.
2: like everybody else, wrote books and done a lot. That's of right. Things. Yeah. yeah. All of you in the room do a lot of things. Is that just like who we are? Or is it that just? That might
5: be. Cause I'm like a Glade plug-in. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Listen I'm plug. Plug me in this whole house. Don't don't have me trapped in the bathroom. Like why just the bathroom smell good when the whole you know the whole building can smell good? If a like, door open, me, I want to go
2: yeah, in there and look, look around. Really?
6: Yeah. I need to I see what look. else is out
5: there.
2: Exactly. Is there stuff out there that you haven't done that you want to do for oh, anybody? Absolutely. But
6: Absolutely. I'm like just, what? I, I feel like I'm just getting started, right? Uh, of course, I, my background was acting. Nobody knew that, you know, uh, nobody yeah. knew me rather, but I did more acting for the last, you know, over 20 years, uh, a lot of small victories, but never anything where people would be like, oh, sometimes every now and then people would be like, was that you? I'd be like, uh, <laughs> some stuff I don't wanna, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but um, I would love to get back into that. Uh, like the talk show space, that type of thing, uh, oh, but even that. more business. I mean you know I have a hair care line, Donna's recipe because you know I call my hair. Donna. <laughs> and so just even building that out and doing skincare, like all these different things that I can include my family in, I, I just think you know whatever I think of, like to me, if I'm able, why not? And if I enjoy it, right.
0: So that is, that is a perfect segue. You not only left the swoosh, you created your own shoe.
1: Yeah, our brand is all about purpose. And so when I found myself without a footwear sponsor, I had at that point been to four Olympics, a six-time Olympic champion, but I, didn't, I couldn't find a sponsor. And I was just exhausted and tired of begging. You wouldn't talk
2: to all the companies?
1: Yeah, I think because I had been so Nike branded like
2: And they they didn't offer you deals or you had like the offers they gave you like Adidas um, the other oh. Yeah,
1: most would not offer. Wow. Yeah. Which is insane
0: by the way. It's and I think I was Olympics, at a place like...
1: in my career where I think I think brands saw like it was kind of like it was done, you know?
2: Okay. they thought you were finished you were, Yeah, you finished.
1: at that point I was, you know, I had just become a mother and all these things and so it was like, okay, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to do this myself, and it's more about the reason behind it. And for me, it was that what we thought we were doing was just creating shoes for me to wear in the Olympics. But then we realized that shoes have not, sneakers are not made for women. So a, a shoe is made off of a last, which is just a mold of a foot. And it's a man's foot to make women's sneakers. very hard
2: to make a last by the way. Yeah, you know, which honest, I've- It's yeah. very hard, because, the, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the reason is, because people never think about it that way. All the shoes we have on, the last, literally the mold that your foot goes into, has to, they have to make one, for that shoe that shoe that fits billions of people's feet Who some people's feet are a little wider a little skinnier but that one last yeah all of our feet so it's very hard but never super expensive. a
1: woman's foot. Super, yeah. millions and millions but of why, millions. why is it never a woman's foot you yeah. know that is yeah. in the so that was um that's what our company say she does we make shoes to fit the form of a female foot and i think we're just so much bigger than a shoe company to your point it's about that purpose. I see, when people are wearing my shoes, it's like, you stand with women. Like, you stand for saying that women deserve better and that we're not gonna be an afterthought.
2: Were you scared to start it? You must have been. Terrified.
1: I mean, being an athlete all my life and going into this industry, it's like, I just imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know enough about it. Like, I haven't been doing it long enough, but then Mm. starting to reach out to people, you know, Tiffany Beers, who's iconic shoemaker, um, engineer. And just, I think the help and encouragement, and that's just been really refreshing. I feel like this space has really been, um, yeah, people have been really helpful.
4: That's great.
2: But do you ever worry, if I do too many things, how can I be great? No. How can I I make sure, (laughs) all those things, are you making sure they're all really great? You You don't don't worry about that? Nah, I don't and this
6: is why, because I do everything rooted in tab. I don't just put my name on anything. Like I started, I named my hair Donna in 2018, right? And so everybody, listen, people know my hair before they know me, they be like, I thought that was you because I saw Donna. (laughs) If I have a hair care line, it's only gonna be Donna's recipe, right? If I have a, a clothing line, it's gonna be bright and it's gonna look like me. People be like, I saw that and was like, I know this tab. If I do it, it's rooted in every, part of who I am. I ain't going to just do it just to do it. Like, the money going to come. But if I'm staying true to who I am, I ain't got to worry about, like, oh, I'm not doing it well. Because I know when I put my heart and my mind into it, Passionate I was, do- yeah, I was putting me into it. Yeah.
0: Face, yeah. You, you've, you've said the word artist a couple of times, and you as a true artist. Is there an album you've worked on that for us is successful and we've grown up on and all those things that you're like, ah, i changed something. I wish I could have changed something going back in it almost everything. <laughs> so, <yeah.
2: laughs> saying, they're not Spoken done, like yeah. a true artist. That does. Yeah. And do you have one song that's your favorite, or are they all, like, No, I
4: don't, and it's like, a lot of times if something comes on that I've done, then I, I usually turn the station, because if I start listening, then I'll be like, damn, shoulda did this, shoulda did that.
2: <laughs> that's the line about an artist, an art, we have a line in our company, you know, is like, the work is never done, you just run out of time. An no. artist will work. Yeah. Because an artist, to his point, it's never done. Every song he's done, he would love to take back in the studio and fuck with the drums a little more and like just tweak it a little bit more and more. The work is never... put it on
4: a different artist. I'm just kidding.
0: I want to ask you, and you're the perfect person to ask us, the word streetwear. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is it... Putting the culture, putting the genre in a box is is that an is old right? term? That's
3: a great question. It really is a good question. Because no one can agree on what the definition of streetwear is. And I think that's probably symptomatic of the it's the postmodern problem today. No one can agree on what cancel culture is, no one can agree on what the virus is. And streetwear is not, is a perfect example of that. Yeah. And it gets us into a lot of sticky territory because High fashion will start claiming streetwear as theirs. Mm-hmm. And then there's actual street brands that what I define as street brands coming out of New York and Harajuku and London that I'm like, these are the real kids that are creating streetwear, but then the spotlight's over here.
2: Mm-hmm. I've
3: always seen it like the media is that, it's like a desk lamp. It's always gonna put a halo around what they wanna talk about. In the last 10 years, it was Verge and Jerry and you know Matt and all these amazing pioneering designers, but they were saying this was streetwear. But what's amazing to me about streetwear is it's what exists in the shadows. Exactly. And I think that's really a, a, a complicated but also important part of how subculture and culture play together. We like being the ones that are starting trends or monitoring trends and putting them on the map. And then the high fashion guys will come in and start like plucking from there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that dance. But. I think it's just, I think it's really important, and I, I can't emphasize enough that when we talk about streetwear, and I know the media likes to say it's this, it's really all this that you never see.
5: I really think streetwear is, is like a day to day manager.
4: Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like,
5: you know how, like, you have two managers. You have the one that's like gonna get you all the deals, and they like never really see you. And then you have your day to day that's with <laughs> you every single day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just every single day. Like, what I wear to the gas station to me is streetwear, but I've always been in streetwear. Kid or whatever that's supposed to mean, but when I came out at 15, like that wasn't okay, and now it's this whole big thing. So, like he said, like streetwear is really just like, really I want to say the underdogs because you know the big dogs gonna always take the little dog food. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. And things have been taken away from me all my life, so I, I feel it's you. It's an you know attitude. What I'm saying? Like, yeah, You embody
3: yeah. the attitude of yeah. what streetwear is. It's really hard to diagnose it as a specific fashion. Article right. of clothing or a genre because if I say that's a what I'm saying, it's, like a it's, it's like a day to day, it's like literally whatever is your style. When yeah. I
5: walk down Soho, when yeah. I walk down this street, or walk to this gas station, right. and I'm literally stomping <laughs> on the streets, yeah. this is what I got on. Yeah. This is my streetwear. You get yeah. what I'm saying? But like he said, it's like everything is always being grabbed and taken somewhere else. And it's like, did you see her streetwear? Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's not because on a regular day you just wouldn't do that. And I feel like streetwear has become. Something that's this whole big thing when it's really something so simple.
3: Yes, it is. You know, it really is. The
5: dope side of it is for the other young girls like me, where I don't like dressy clothes. So, like, I remember one time you've I was always super, been like that. I've always been like this, always since the day I came out. I, I was talking to Kanye, and he was like, "I love that you never change for anybody." Like, he's like, "I ain't going front. Like, in a few years, like, how you dress? This shit gonna be in." and you never gonna have to throw on another heel. I used to be pissed. I don't wanna wear no heel, I don't wanna <laughs> wear no dress. So it's like the, the flip side of it is now we get to be who we really wanna be. And now it's no longer a thing of, no, you have to wear this or have this certain look. So like streetwear kinda becoming mainstream is dope. Cause now I get to wear, if I do wanna wear high end, I wear a lot of vintage stuff. But if I do wanna wear high end stuff, I know that I can go and get some shit that's swaggy and I still feel like me and I can say, well, This is, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I get to. It allows you to be free. Yeah, I get to be
0: free. And and it's dope. It's not just okay now for you to do that. You're influencing the trends now. Like, people Mm -hmm. following you. So that's got to feel validating as well. Like, where at the beginning you did, or earlier you didn't want to do that thing. And now everyone's kind of shifted, the culture's shifted to like how you've always.
5: I, I love that. It's like I've always been into just like. Yeah. just wear you know
0: the
3: imperative part of this formula is that we as the people wearing the product and being the influencers are constantly pushing back and putting these brands on notice yes and so the last 2 years we've gotten really deep into web3 and using nfts and crypto to actually reshape a lot of that so we have nfts where if you buy them and we use your art we start giving you royalties and yeah. so the consumer they're making them an active participant of participating exactly mm. they should be participating in the upside somehow right that's the rev- the next revolution of what brands should be you know we're all a part of
0: this ecosystem and everyone is influencing each other reading up on you it's like you were an actor and a comedian and you know and then you hit a phase or a stage in your life where you like drove uber and, and worked i believe at macy's maybe or at right? macy's first what was that like when you think about like your journey of like you thought you'd pop off one way and then, you know, you figure out a way to make it about yourself and your brand. Like, what's that experience been like for you?
6: I think um, the the word fear is so real for me because for so long I was fearful of being me. So I had created this other persona. I created the tab that I thought that Hollywood wanted to see. You know, I'm from a small town in North Carolina from Eden. And I'm Southern, I'm country. And so working in corporate America and then coming to the entertainment industry, I was always told I sound ignorant or you sound country, you need to cover your accent. And so I had mastered that so well that I almost forgot who I was, right? So I I had to pretend all the time and wear my hair one way. I I remember when I first got an agent, they were like, listen, with your skin complexion, you're gonna need to have your hair straight. So I was like, okay. And I believed that, you know, so. That was I, a
0: real conversation.
6: Oh, absolutely. Me, absolutely, lose weight, right? Cover the accent, which, which said, forget about who you were and this is who you need to be, and I believed it. Um, and I did that for a, a very long time with, again, small victories. And it wasn't until I got sick and thought I was gonna die. When I, when I said it earlier, when I said, God, if you, you heal me, you can have me. That meant now I gotta start showing up as the real tab. Because it's exhausting to show up as somebody else every day that's not the real you. And God can't give you what he wanna give you if you ain't you, right? So I had to get to that place. And when I started showing up as me, I was very afraid. Mm
0: -hmm. Allison, I I wanted to ask you, you are, I believe the most, by medals, the most decorated track athlete ever, correct? Female. Okay, can we, can we at least, wow. let's clap that yeah, up, that's, that's crazy.
4: Right. Was, was every win as important as each one? Like every medal? That's a
1: good question. I feel like at each point in my life, I was like learning something new. And so I was still passionate, they were still important, but they were all different. Like my last Olympics was my fifth Olympics, my first as a mother. And I won a bronze individually, a gold with a relay, and that bronze medal, I think it means more than any goal. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was like overcoming all the adversity, like being a representation for women, for mothers, like it just, it was everything. You know, I got to do it in my shoes that my company made. So
2: wow. it was like full oh, circle tough. all the things. Where do you yeah. keep your medals at, by the way? Uh,
1: my parents keep them. Yeah. At their house? I've never been into like the medals, but you know, yeah. the parents, they like to brag and bring them out and all that <laughs> stuff. I'd have mine on during the
0: show. <laughs> <laughs> <clear>. Like jewelry?
1: <laughs> For
2: sure. Like jewelry be? <laughs> For sure. That's the New York in you. That's the New York in you, brother. For sure. When you accomplish something, how, how fast do you put it behind you? Yeah. Like, you got a movie, which people, I think, are going to love your performance. How fast will you go like, okay, I'm on to something else now. I'm going to make something else. I'm going to find my next thing. How fast do you put those things? Like, you win medals and just give them to your mom. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm yeah, going to win mean, the next one. Yeah, I
5: mean, because you got to start focusing on, you the know, next. what's ahead of you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get stuck behind that. After that, I got White Man Can't Jump coming. Then after that, I got yeah. Book of Clarence coming. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's next? And most importantly, well, these kids about to have me do you know what i So it's never really a time they keep you to, quick to on your feet that.
1: yeah definitely keep you quick on I your feet i feel like you so. barely feel the success but yes. the, when it doesn't go right like that part to me that's like i feel that you more feel than that anything more. yeah so yeah. so, so the think, pain
0: or the failure you feel that more than you do the success that's and yeah. the victories
1: cuz i think like there comes to a place where people expect like greatness out of you mm. so it's like you win something or whatever it is you have a hit like of course it's of course they did yeah you, you know? think
2: that's fair how is that people
1: yeah, to me, I mean, it's not fair, but I think that it's not fair. Everybody doesn't understand it. Like, but they you don't... don't think it's fair? So I mean, they
5: hold you up to bring you down.
1: Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, it just is what it is. I... Yeah.
6: Some people want you to win until you win. That's what I'm saying. They that's right? You that's why to bring part. you right on back yeah. down. Maybe. Yeah, that's it's just, that's yeah. the thing. It's gonna be.
1: What it's gonna yeah. Be. It's well, what you said earlier that I think a lot of people feel like there can only be one. You mm-hmm. know, like there's only one. Like success. there's not enough
6: room for everybody. Yeah. So
1: that's why I was and like even is. in the
5: movie, I say one quote. Like you know, the, um, the only people who support black women is other black women, and even that shit get messy because. That's a bar. That's a bar. Yeah. 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 That's you know what I'm saying? And it's because it's like we sit here and we claim woman empowerment, but are we really empowering one another? Like sometimes you lose the opportunity just because a girl that's intimidated by you don't want to stand next to you or don't want to be in the same room as you because. She's intimidated on me. Feel like where she run fast, or she did. You know what I'm saying? It's just like nobody's ever really uplifting one another. So yeah, it's, like... it's, it's got to be
6: intentional, exactly. right? Every day, my intention is to like spread love, to give joy, yeah, exactly. to to share that.
5: But you also got a soothing voice. Very that soft. I covered I love for you so long. The videos. I just <laughs> be laying there like.
6: Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't have bad days. But my intention is to make others feel well. Right, I have a, a platform, so to me, it's a responsibility. And some days are, are, are rough and I'll share that, but the majority, I am sharing positive information or positive feelings and love. I would say
4: majority of people do not share that same sentiment. Mm. Right,
6: Maybe. So, but uh, and, and you know what's crazy? Yesterday, me and my husband, we were just talking about this. Somebody, somebody had did a video a couple of months about me saying that uh, I had toxic positivity, and I was like, dang. <laughs> what kind of what world do we live what in that, that being positive what is what toxic? Even, what does that even mean? I, I, mean so. I, I they were like, can't nobody be that happy all the time? Like, it was
2: a whole thing. <laughs> and then people were agreeing.
5: And I was like,
2: wow.
6: again, the pain they must be in to think that being... Positive is toxic. because because
2: you fell into it accidentally mm-hmm. trying to do something else, yeah. So, were you actually having fun doing it, or it was it just like, Oh, it's I'm making money, I'm doing it, so I'm gonna keep fucking doing it? Or was it like, I actually like making these videos and like I'm enjoying
6: it? So, so in the beginning, it, it was I was very fearful. So, if you go back and look at like all my old videos, because I, I cooked live every day at five o'clock, that was like I, I made it like a job, I wasn't making no money. Listen, I would be cooking live some days, I would cry because I'd be like. The Lord said, thousands of minutes is 33 people on here. But, you know? And my husband, you would never see him, but you would hear him. he'd be like, Man, you got them people looking in our kitchen doing these videos. And I'm like, I'm trying to be obedient <laughs> to what the Lord has told me to do. That would have been me,
4: too. Right?
2: 100%. <laughs> I mean, hey, now that you've retired him, he got to hey. shut the fuck up. Hey. <laughs> no, Back listen. Then, I
4: would definitely be <laughs> like,
2: Man, you bring all these videos. Hey, look,
6: after the first check came, he was like, Don't you need to do one of them videos today? <laughs> <laughs> Almost five o'clock, ain't it? Right. Almost five o'clock. Y'all gonna buy your business and have the most amazing day. But even if you can't have a good one, don't you dare go messing up nobody else's hand. God bless you. I love you.
4: Thanks for
3: listening to The Shop Uninterrupted. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the show. For full video episodes, check out Uninterrupted's YouTube channel. And for weekly show updates, Follow The Shop Uninterrupted on social media.